When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, okay. We we have something. We have the Washington Wizards actually making a move for a basketball player and not just a move for a basketball player, but one move that is really a million moves. They made a million moves. I this trade is exhausting. It's <laughs> This trade is just massive. It's absolutely huge. I mean, even just the reporting process of finding out uh, the second rounders and verifying the second rounders that were part of the deal. It's just absolutely wild. Uh, The nut graph, as we like to say in journalism, is the Wizards have finalized the Spencer Dinwiddie trade. they, they are ready to go. They've agreed with Dimwitty on a three-year, $62 million deal. He is going to be looped into the Russell Westbrook sign-in trade, which is going to become, it was a three-team deal, including the Lakers, the Wizards, and Indiana. And now it's going to be a five-team deal that adds in the Nets and the Spurs. Uh, before I introduce the ridiculously long list of characters in this trade i'm going to introduce my one character who i have patiently waiting on the skype line from washington football team training camp taking the time to join me on skype is you guys know ben standick um hi ben standick first time caller um so in in full tradition of what I'm known for on this podcast with focusing on the most, most minutia thing, we're doing this now because they just made this big trade. There's lots to discuss, all that. But in the in, in between, in the five minutes in between Fred and I talking on the phone saying, can we do this now? Okay. And then getting set up. The Wizards, I noticed the Wizards released their Summer League roster. <laughs> ha- I'm, I don't know. Usef Sanan is on this roster. I know. What? What? How did this? Happen? I thought I, I can't. I guess Googled it. Had like did the Rockets release him? What? I can't find anything about this. Are there two of him? Is there another guy named Usuf Sanan? What is happening here? I, I had the same reaction as you, and uh, Ben. I I hate to disappoint you, but I've kind of had some more important things to hit people up about <laughs> in the last well, thirty I mean, minutes. I- Look, so I haven't okay. had a chance I mean- to check in on the huge Usuf Sanan news. Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you about your priorities. The, <laughs> How pissed but, uh, are you Justin I mean, Robinson's yeah. not there? Well, the, then there's that. The, the other the other component is you tweeted out a roster earlier of the Wizards team. You didn't include Cassius Winston, which is reasonable because he's a uh, he's not on the roster. He's a two-way guy. 
which is of course the point I made a year ago. This they should have traded. They should have drafted the new Usyf Sanan because then they're giving up the second round pick. Because Cash Winston, unfortunately, probably not going to stick around. Odds are he's not gonna. Anyway, so nobody cares. I just needed to get that out of the way because these are things I I I, I worry about. But there's bigger there's bigger fish. Even I can see that. This time. I would have said, what are the chances that Usyf Sanan and Cassius Winston would would come up in this podcast before? Bradley Beal or Spencer Dinwiddie or Russell Westbrook. I would have said that if I hadn't met you, but I've met you. So I, (laughs) well, there you go. Say that. All right. So I I don't know, but Ben, Ben, this trade kind of just went down. Normally I write, I think things out and then we pod super late at night, but we're doing the opposite order right now. We're podcasting before I write. And like this is going to be a very raw podcast. Neither of us really have our our thoughts together on this. Although we've been waiting for the Wizards to uh, to put this thing together and seeing exactly how it will come together. I mean, they they agreed with with Dimwitty on the money pretty quickly into free agency. Free agency began on Monday night, and they agreed with Dimwitty pretty quickly into free agency. The number is actually. I mean, I know I know people were reporting the numbers a couple of days ago, the three for 62. The reason why you get to that number is because if you loop Westbrook, if you loop Dinwiddie into the sign in trade, he can start with a nineteen and a half million dollar salary. Well, nineteen point six million dollar salary. And if he starts with a nineteen point six million dollar salary and you give him the maximum amount of weight of of raises over three years, you get three years and 62 million. And that's how the Wizards and Dinwiddie get to that number. And that's how they get to it so quickly. Uh, as long as he was going to be part of the Westbrook sign-in trade and the Wizards weren't, weren't going to be giving up more money, that was the maximum amount of money they could include with Dinwiddie along with the guys they were getting back in the Westbrook trade so that they could legally make a trade where salary matches and all that kind of stuff. So that's how you get to the Dinwiddie salary. And then they were just basically working from there. If they weren't going to include him in the Westbrook sign-in trade, which that the number one priority, the numbers one, two, and three priorities were always to do that. But if they were unable to do that, we might be seeing a different contract, but that's how you end up seeing that Dimwitty contract. And that's why the numbers are what they are. Um, the Wizards have wanted to get this done. They've spent basically 48 hours or damn close to it trying to negotiate a sign in trade to make this thing happen. I wrote a story with Danny LaRue on Tuesday morning about, you know, why it's taken so long. And then it took another basically 24 plus hours after that for this thing to go down because they had to jump through so many hoops to put together the sign and trade. Ben, should I should I just read off what all five of these teams get or or should we just hit on the basics? Should I read off everything just to say how ridiculous this is? I think you should. I got 90 minutes to kill. Let's go. for okay, it. OK, great. So this is the Russell Westbrook trade is not finalized yet. It will finalize on Friday. And that's why they were able to make it part of this. So five teams. Wizards receive Spencer Dinwiddie on a three-year $62 million deal. Contavious Caldwell-Pope from the Lakers. Montrez Harrell from the Lakers. Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers. Aaron Holiday from the Pacers. And the number one th- and the rights to the number 31 pick in the draft, Isaiah Todd. The Nets receive the most favorable of Memphis's or Washington's 2024 second-round pick a second round 2025 pick swap where they could either get Washington's or Golden State's second round pick and an $11.5 million trade exception. The Spurs receive Chandler Hutchison as well as the most favorable of Chicago's, the Lakers, or Detroit's 2022 second round pick. And that's coming from the Wizards. The Wizards previously owned that. 
the reason the Wizards had to dump Hutchinson in the deal was because that Dinwiddie salary actually sent them approximately $4 million over the luxury tax, and Hutchinson makes $4 million. So in order for them to get back under the luxury tax by just a tad, they had to find somebody to take Hutchison, and that's how the Spurs end up coming in the deal. The Spurs are sending someone the draft rights to some foreign player I have from sources. I don't know who the player is. No one is, to my knowledge, no one has reported who the player is as of the time we're recording this. And I don't know who the player is yet, but I know there is a draft rights player. The rights to a foreign player, Ben, I feel like this is the report that you were meant to break. Like, you, this is, this is, this is you. I don't know where that player is going, but I know the Spurs are sending them someone because when this report, when this trade gets reported, I'm like, well, the Spurs got to send someone something. Uh, the Lakers are receiving Russell Westbrook, the least favorable of Washington's or Memphis's 2024 second round pick, as well as Washington's 2028 second round pick. And the Pacers are receiving the number 22 pick in this year's draft, Isaiah Jackson. And that is your absolutely preposterous five-team trade. That it's, it's, it's a lot going on. Props to you for uh, staying on top of it the whole time, you and Shams and uh, anybody else you had uh, in the mix. It was a lot, it was a lot to, to get through. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know where else you, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll let you take the conversation from here, but yeah, it was a lot, a lot to get through. And uh the Wizards, uh, it's interesting to, to try to figure out what they are now. But, yeah, you, you, good good explanation there of everything that just happened. All right. So, Ben, what's your first reaction to this? They're bringing in Dinwiddie. We, we've discussed the Westbrook trade. I've discussed the Westbrook trade on my free agency preview as well when when I have Dave Dufour on. And, and you can still listen to that podcast. I think it's still relevant, even though we're a couple of days into free agency. But, Ben, what is... What is your reaction to this? I mean, I think we both kind of figured this would come at some point. Good rule of thumb in the NBA is even when something is really complicated, if both sides want to get something done, and in, that, in this case, that was the case, Dinwiddie wanted this done and the Wizards wanted it done, things just tend to, teams find a way to work it out, players find a way to work it out. Uh, what's your reaction to, to Dimwitty coming on the Wizards. They needed a point guard, and, and now they've got a reliable one. I mean, you know, you just read off the whole sort of trade scenario. Like, when they had John Wall, we all said, you know, arguably the, the, the worst contract in the league. I remember at the time thinking, like, literally the only way they can get anything even remotely, even out of this, is to take on Westbrook. Like, it was down to just that situation. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, unless they just wanted to trade him for somebody else's just, you know, a, a, a total garbage. To go from that scenario to a year later where they trade Westbrook and essentially get all these guys. I mean, you know, they get Dinwiddie, they get Aaron Holiday, they get Kuzma, Caldwell Pope, Harrell. They get uh, the uh, the third, the kid with the 31st pick. Um, like... I, don't 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 confuse what I'm about to say as suggesting the Wizards are going to compete with the Bucks and the Nets for the East because of course not. But like it's a pretty staggering uh, accomplishment, I think, on some level. And I think Tommy Shepard gets should get a lot of credit for like the you know having some vision, some patience, and and you know playing the game. I mean, that was one thing that seemed to be problematic in the earlier you know in the in the, in the Grunfeld era. Just it's not even so much like they just made bad trades. It just felt like everything was sort of 
u- uber short-sighted and, and rushed and, and not maximizing everything on the edges. This is why we t- I talk about things like the second-round picks that you don't get any all that stuff. Um, again, I, I don't think you know. I don't necessarily know that they're any better than they were a minute ago in terms of their upside. They're deeper, uh, but you know, and all that. And we'll, we'll have to see where Dinwiddie's at with his coming off the ACL to say like what their ceiling is, I guess, at this point. And maybe there's even another move or two to make because they do still have sort of a glut up front. But it's it pretty remarkable that they were able to do all of this. And sometimes, you know, patience paid off. They, 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 you know, they waited for this thing. You know, it sounds like the Nets were wanting to drive a harder bargain that they held firm, ultimately didn't give up anything really in that part of the, of the trade. And, you know, look, I, I don't, again, I don't, think any one of these guys is going to put the Wizards over the top, but it's a pretty interesting group. And just from the perspective of the, the the operational aspect, here's what we have to work with. What can we do? How do we maximize this? I feel like they pretty much maximized it to the best they could, and I give them a big thumbs up for that. There's a big There's a big caveat to that, which we can get to in a minute with regarding the Bradley Beal. But in terms of this, if the goal was to keep Beal and do this other stuff – I mean, I kind of feel like they did about as well as they could have. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. I think the other thing is, and this was something we talked about about after the first iteration of the Westbrook trade, they got some flexibility now. They can do some stuff. You know, the roster is still imbalanced. That it really stands out to me when I look at it and I see, all right, you got Dinwiddie, you got Holloway, you got Holiday, and you got Beal, and those are your three guards. And, and you can say that KCP is a guard. That's fine. I mean, we can talk about him as a shooting guard. But if we talk about just like guard, wing, big as the three roles, as opposed to point guard, shooting guard, small forward, et cetera, KCP is a wing. And they're, I, I think they're going to play him like a wing. I think KCP will get a lot of his minutes playing next to Beal in the starting lineup. I think he's the favorite. You know, I, who knows who's going to start at this point? I don't think you, you can lock in for sure who's starting. Um but well, by the way, can, like just to use as a quick a minor example, last year in the playoffs, last season, so not that long ago, we we spent a lot of time arguing should Garrison Matthews be playing, and the the argument was yeah he probably should be. He's not even gonna be. I mean, is he even gonna be on the roster? And even if he is, he's not sniffing the court. I mean, unless he takes up a leap. Now it's not a knock on him. It's that they've improved their depth that much. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, they've improved their depth that much. And what I was getting at was they've kind of transformed as like, they had all of these small guys and no wings and they had bigs too. They kind of had too many centers and too many smalls and, and not enough forwards. And they were like, okay, let's just go get a ton of them. So they drafted Kispert and, you know, KCP, I think, is going to play on the wing for them, like I said. And they got Kuzma. And and now they have all of these guys who kind of play forward. And they're not – a lot of them aren't quite wings, but but they're forwards. And, and they play similar positions, and they're overlapping. And, you know, that's what I talk about with the imbalance, where they don't really have very much playmaking. I think Denny is going to be very important for them as a playmaker if the roster looks anything like this because it's just – it's going to be – it's going to be massively important for them having somebody who can create. I still think bringing back Neto is going to be a possibility. Uh, you know, we'll 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 see what they do with the bottom half of the roster. I still would not be surprised if they made another trade. I really wouldn't because if they want to acquire a guard, even if they just want to 
just bring in Neto for the minimum. That's it. That's their move. They're in the tax. They're going to do something to get out of the tax. Now, you can get out of the tax in season, but it's a lot easier to get out of the tax in the offseason. So I think there are still possible trades that end up going down. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to be Kuzma, if that's going to be Harrell, if that's going to be Thomas Bryant, if that's going to be something bigger with the young guys. I mean, Brooklyn was asking for Avdia in the trade. And the Wizards said no real quick. I don't think that was anything they considered at all. I think the reason that Brooklyn was playing hardball was because they knew, and it had been reported, that Beal wanted Dinwiddie. And I think Brooklyn was sitting there in negotiations and saying, all right, well, Beal's got a year left. They want Dinwiddie. Let's see if the Wizards panic. Let's see if the Wizards say, oh, God, we we can't lose out on Dinwiddie. We don't want to piss off Brad going into an expiring year. We got to throw in Avdia. And the reason why they said Avdia was because the Wizards practically couldn't really trade a first-round pick. There was no practical way for them to do it without getting OKC involved in the deal because they have a 2023 pick in OKC where the protections go out too far to allow them to trade another thing or another first. Uh, so so that's why Avdia came up in the negotiations. And, and I, the Wizards didn't bite. I, I don't think there was ever a time Bravdia was in this deal. I don't think that was ever a thing. Uh, but I, I wonder if there if there is a deal with Avdia or Rui that makes them way better somewhere else on the roster. Uh, you know, they're, they, my point is not that they're going to trade one of those guys. If I had to bet, I would bet they don't, and I would bet a good amount of money that they don't trade either of those guys. My My point is that, like, it used to be, and when I say used to be, I really mean last year, that if the Wizards were going to make a trade, it was either total fringe guys or there were specific guys who we pointed to on the roster. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, it's either like a total fringe move that, you know, they're going to try to catch lightning in the bottle, which is basically what the Gafford trade was. It just, they did catch lightning in the bottle. Or it was, all right, trade Beal and break it down. Now they kind of have all these other pieces with, I think Kuzma's a pretty nice player. I mean, Kuzma can can defend on the perimeter. He's physical on the wings. He's a he's a much, much better defender than he was when he first came into the league. He's much improved. He can create his own shot. He's a good enough shooter to where you have to guard him when he's away from the rim. He's not a great player, but he's a he's a nice player who can who can help you win. KCP is a is a good player, helps you win, fits into every roster. Um you know, Harrell is someone I think Harrell's value is way down. Maybe you could rehab it and bring it back. Gafford is somebody who I think teams want a lot. Uh, Rui is somebody who obviously has value. Denny is somebody who always who obviously has value. And, and so if you look at them potentially trying to upgrade other parts of their roster, there's there's there are some nice pieces there. And I don't think the fit with the overall roster is all the way there right now. Uh, but but they have some moves and I can't predict what those moves would be or if those moves will even come. But, but I think if they tried really hard to make a move that kind of brought them another skill, another something, I think they'd be able to find one, uh, which is, which as you just said, that that's, that's a new thing for the wizards. You know, that's, that's new for them. A hundred percent. And you, you know, you sort of just talked about sort of the, the incremental, like, you know, they, they go from here, they go from there, they, they they make this move. And obviously trading Westbrook is a pretty splashy scenario. 
so it's not the same as just sort of some minor stuff. And, and again, I'm not trying to like bring up the things I talk about, but as much as we joke about it, this is why I get really worked up about this stuff because if you don't maximize your situation, you can't do these things. Like, look, Davis Burton giving him that contract, and that's another inter- interesting component of this, by the way. I don't even know if he's in the rotation now, but we'll get to that if we want. But, uh, you know, that trade to get that guy, maybe they were paid the wrong, paid too much money to the wrong guy, but it was by taking a second-round pick, keeping the player, using the asset, and you turn that into a guy that you thought was good enough to give that kind of money to. And now, in the same deal here, again, Westbrook and Wall is too big to just say it's an incremental move. But they didn't sit on their ass. They took John Wall. They said, we're going to give him a first-round pick to get Westbrook. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But Westbrook was obviously the healthier player at that point and a better player. They get him. They re- they re He rehabs his, repu- you know, his, uh, his reputation to a degree. He also gets one year knocked off his contract, which makes him more valuable to a team. They then make this other move. And now, like you said, they have this flexibility. They have this other stuff. And we'll see. I mean, I think if you look at the roster realistically – and you said to me, who am I going to – who's going to be the player they're going to trade? I would probably – I mean, if we're talking about the main guys who have some value, I'd probably eliminate – I'd probably say almost everybody stays with the exception of – like I would put to, to in some order Harrell, Kuzma, Thomas Bryant as like one of those three guys would seem to be the make the most sense. Nobody is untradeable. Obviously, it doesn't, it doesn't appear they're going to trade Beal. They just signed Dinwiddie. But, I mean – Everybody could go, but that's the point now. Now they, they they actually have options. This is what happens when you don't sign people to terrible contracts and you take advantage of all the scenarios that you have available to that to you. They did that here in 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 multiple in multiple fronts, and that was the thing they were just so ridiculously short sighted for years and years and years. By the way, one thing I haven't mentioned is they've just traded away a, a, a truckload of second round picks. We complained about that before because they were giving them away for no upside, for no reason. They just did it for guys like Trey Burke and other random pieces that were going to do them nothing. Here, it's part of a much bigger deal. And whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not like, okay, sure, they now don't have a second round pick. We complained about this before. I don't give a crap. They did it with purpose. There's reason to it. It's fine. But when you just give it away, like it's Pez and just, uh, or, you know, hey, hey, you know, just take candy and I don't really care, that's insane. They're not doing that now, and almost every move that Tommy Shepard's made since he's taken over, not all of them. I didn't love the Bertans contract. I said it at the time, and you know, there's some other things, and I'm going to sort of sit here, and we can get into this, why Bradley Beal is still on this team right now. But all that said, almost everything that they've actually done under Tommy Shepard, I've liked because he is maximizing every scenario he can as seemingly as best he can, and that's how you get better. You, again, this is not close to the same thing as saying they're contending in the East. I, I would say right now, based on this roster, unless Rui or Denny has some big leap, they're probably their ceiling is probably like the sixth seed, which isn't good enough to get you a title. But that's that's different than saying they don't have options and they don't have outs. And maybe they now have enough stuff that if something breaks free with some other team, they're actually in a position now to, to take advantage of it. Yeah, they were they were dumping second round. They were they were trading second round pip, picks to to dump Jason Smith, you know, that was why. And and one of these second round picks, which is a good second round pick, the one they sent to the Spurs, uh, you know, that was obviously to dump Chandler Hutchinson. But it's a different context. They were doing it solely just to dump Jason Smith because they had gone way into the tax and they had to get way out of the tax when they were really not good and. This they're doing preemptively in conjunction with a move that brings them in a lot of players. So it's it's a different context to that. So I'm with you. 
the reason you have second round picks, there are two reasons you have second round picks. Number one, potentially get a player. Number two, trade it for a player and get someone good. So yeah, I'm with you. You know, we haven't really talked about Dimwitty. Like we just, we haven't talked about, this is a basketball podcast, right? We haven't, we haven't talked about basketball at all. Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting basketball fit. It's not a perfect basketball fit. I mean, it's not, it's not perfect. He's, he's not a three point shooter. He can play off the ball though. He'll move off the ball. He'll cut. He can play off the ball. He's good at getting to the rim, but he's not, he's not a shooter. He's, he's not efficient as a scorer. Uh, he, he really props up his efficiency historically by getting to the line. But in terms of his shooting, he's not extremely efficient, but he's, he's a big guard. He'll give him size in the backcourt. He's physical when he's going to the rim. Once he gets downhill, he is, he is, you know, he, he's really good there. Once he gets into the paint, uh, he can play next to Beal. He can play next to, let's say they bring back Neto. He can play next to Neto. He can play next to any point guard. If you put him in there, he can play the two next to a point guard, and it's completely fine, uh, even if he's not a three-point shooter. Uh, I am curious to see what his chemistry is going to be like with Gafford. Uh, you know, he's he's more of a guy, like he's not always necessarily looking for for you know lob guys he played with Jared Allen and would run pick and rolls with him but he's not like a a dominant pick and roll guy uh, but that's why he's a 20 million dollar guy and not a max guy uh you know he can score what, what, he can get around the rim what a world we what a world we live in that you just casually say he's that's why he's a 20 million dollar guy as if like that's not <laughs> The craziest that's not yeah. the best money what a, what a remember world. remember like when if you were a million dollar man you were good to go like i mean this is a hundred years ago and a reminder that i'm, I'm ancient but like when dave winfield signed a contract with the yankees and it was something like i don't know 20 years 20 million i was like oh my magic johnson sort of the same thing i was like oh my god a million a year anyway yeah i I'm mean old. he's good around the rim he's good getting to the line he's obviously a good player they desperately needed a point guard Beal wanted to play with them. It, it it makes sense. It makes sense for them. I mean, to me, the biggest question mark is he, you kind of know what Dimwitty is as a player at this point. Uh, the question mark is he's coming off an ACL tear. And, yes. and you know, a, ACL tears aren't what they used to be with modern medicine. You know, that's and that's that's kind of what I keep having to remind myself with Thomas Bryant as well. They're not what they used to be. They're not automatic career enders. Guys can come back from ACL tears and and really the thing that that scares you more than the ligament tear these days is is a is something with a tendon, you know, an Achilles or something like that. Those are the things that can really diminish a guy's career more than an ACL. So so you know, I I don't think the Wizards do this deal if 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 they're at all worried about his medicals. Uh, and and I've heard positive things about his medicals, which I, I, I assume is why he's, uh, you know, able to get this money without a blink of an eye and why I think he was always going to get paid. And why even, you know, midway through the year, you hear rumbles of, well, the, the Nets want to try to get a sign in trade for Dinwiddie. Uh, so, you know, they're not doing that if they think that he's, you know, the recovery is going to go poorly because they're not going to get anything for him in a sign-in trade if the recovery goes poorly. So 
So I think that that remains the biggest question mark because it's still a serious injury. Um, but you know, the wizards don't do this deal if they're, if they're horrified of that, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, I think, uh, it is fascinating that we're sort of just blowing off the knee issue that that's just, we're just good. Um, with that, you know, that we're just like, Oh, you know, they gave him 20 million bucks and, uh, all, all, all good. No, no biggie. Um, but yeah, um, it's, uh, it's interesting. And, you know, I mean, this goes again to the point of like, where are they, um, you know, overall, like for all the changes, for all the compliments, we both just kind of gave them, you know, I don't know that their ceiling is any different. You can make the argument in the regular season, it might be lower because Westbrook, you know, his greatest asset is he plays crazy hard all the time. We saw what that meant when he was healthy for this team late in the year. His issues become, you know, sort of in the bigger picture with playoffs, like, you know, what he's not, he's, he's not proven to be a guy who's going to, you know, at this point going to take you places. Um, so, uh, but you know they have more depth and all that stuff. So um, Dinwiddie's super interesting. I like him. He's a he's a really smart guy. Ben, well, I got you. I got I got to ask you about so so Ted Leonsis had had comments about Russell Westbrook during a Alex Ovechkin press conference, which by the way is I mean they, they it, it's it's bounced around the internet. Uh, you know I know a lot of people have seen this quote. A lot of people have reacted to this quote. This was during a press conference about Alex Ovechkin's extension that he signed with the Capitals. And Leontis obviously owns both the Wizards and the Capitals. And he said, we had a superstar player with the Wizards. He had an opportunity and wanted to be traded to the Lakers. And I was dealing with that as we were announcing Alex. I couldn't help but self-reflect on what a difference it is. Here's a great player in Russell Westbrook, played in OKC, wanted to be traded, Went to Houston, wanted to be traded, came to D.C., wanted to be traded, and is now in L.A. He's an unbelievably great person and an unbelievably great player. Uh, but that's the difference between the NBA and NHL, I suppose. Uh, my first reaction when I saw it, aside from the fact that it sounds like a dog whistle, was I can't believe that an NBA owner is commenting on a trade that's not official yet. Like that kind of that that. It's really breaking your protocols, man. Like that, that is very unconventional. I can't remember another time that, that someone has, uh, someone has done that. Uh, what was, again, you know, I, I talked about his, um, I talked about with Michael Lee in an episode a few weeks ago, his comments about hiring second year coaches at, or second time coaches at Wes Unseld's, uh, it was it was at Wes Unsell's introductory press conference, and and he said that he thought that second time coaches or coaches on their second jobs didn't work as hard, and that's why he wanted a first time NBA head coach. And I said it had uh, tones of of high character and durable, and uh, and this one does too. It's just a it's a it is a weird theme that this just keeps coming from from ownership after every player who leaves it's very weird it, it is odd i will just say this and this is not in defense of ted leonsis but this is just for you know for what we do you know we all want people to say things 
players, coaches, owners, whatever, right? It would be very boring if everybody went full nuke uh, Look it up, kids, if you don't know what that means. Um, and just, you know, gave us cliches and all that, and we don't like that stuff. So it's a good thing, right, when people say things. And he's obviously has no issue saying some things at times. And I'm look, I, I'm I'm uh, you know at the top of the pack when it comes to criticizing him for various things over the years, and I've done that over the last. I mean, I've I've gone on the, this podcast several times and made some comment of, you know, keep in mind the goal essentially is to make the playoffs, not win a title. And again, I, I want to talk about Bradley Beal why he's still here before we we hang up the phone, but um or whatever whatever device we're talking on, um, <laughs> but uh, so all that said, yeah, I mean, look, it is you know it's. He, he, he does have a penchant for saying things when people are walking out the door. And, uh, you know, look, I, I oh, Alex Ovechkin has been very, very good to Ted Leonsis, won him a title, made him a lot of money. They signed him to like a 12-year deal that just came up. It was, it, it was one of the best deals that got to be in NHL history, I would imagine, considering the production and, and the popularity and all that stuff. So, you know, look, you know, there may be even something – with the sports, I don't follow enough about hockey to know what's what. We know the NBA players are all about just kind of moving on and all that. But to that end, it is sort of like, eh, you know, <laughs> I don't know why you feel compelled to make that comparison. Um, it's not the same thing at all. Ovech, I mean, Russell Westbrook was more or less a hired gun here. Ovechkin has been your franchise player for, you know, a long time. Of course, it's going to, you know, the the, the 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 scenarios are different. Westbrook had minimal loyalty. And for what it's worth, Ted Leonsis had no problem I mean, he said he, he said nice things as we hear about Westbrook as well. So he's a good guy and all that. But you know, they were out there celebrating all the triple doubles and things like that, and you know, taking advantage of that from a marketing perspective as they should. So you know, I would just say, let it go, move on. But at the same time, you know, it is a good thing for us when these people say things. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and for the most part, I actually try to be very conscious of when somebody actually has a moment of honesty, then you know, give them cut them slack when they have moments of honesty. Cause what we want when we ask a question is not to hear the caged answer. We want to hear the actual answer. And that's great. Um, this seemed like more of a moment of passion, a moment of passive aggressiveness than a moment of honesty. And it's a moment of dishonesty with himself, to be honest, because that's not a life principle that he lives by. Uh, Cause I, I mean, he just traded John wall eight months prior uh, when John Wall didn't want to go anywhere, which he had every right to do when everybody said the wizards did John Wall dirty. I didn't think they did him dirty. Um, you know, I, John was upset about it and he had every right to be upset, but that doesn't mean that they did him dirty. Um, I mean, now now there are certain ways in terms of lack of communication. You know, John said that he was lied to. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm just talking about. Uh, I am just talking about specifically the fact that they traded him. It didn't. There's nothing wrong with that. It's part of the business. John hadn't played in two years. It's fine to trade a guy in that scenario if you feel like it makes your team better. And I said at the time, and I say it now, I think the principal reason that trade was made was because they could had an opportunity to get Russell Westbrook, and they thought Russell Westbrook was going to help them win more games in the 2020-21 season than John Wall would. And that was the number one reason why they made the deal. But that being said, John wanted to stay, had pledged his loyalty to the, to the organization, wanted to retire a wizard, and 
Ted Leonsis traded him anyway and didn't give him a huge heads up about it. I don't see, I mean, that's that's just the other side of the same coin to me. So I, I think there's hypocrisy there. And, and quite honestly, it's just like earning a reputation for knocking guys as they leave. It's just, it's not going to help. It's not going to help you bring guys in. It's not a good reputation to have. It's, it yeah. is not a reputation that you want to have. You know, I, something that I'm always conscious about as a media member is there are certain times in sports where you see somebody leave town and then as soon as they leave, whether because they got traded, they left as a free agent, you know, someone got fired, whatever. All these reports come out. Oh, so-and-so was doing this, was doing this. All these, you know, stories come out and these nefarious stories that knock the guy and throw them under the bus after after that person leaves, right? You know, that happens all the time. And it's it's kind of a media trend that you see a lot of times. I'm always very conscious of not wanting to fall into that. Sometimes you even hear a story and you're like, oh, maybe that's something to write. And then you're like, I'm just falling into that that trend. It's if it's not newsworthy, your responsibility is to tell the news. And 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 if you're just throwing it out there for gossip's sake or because it's juicy or something like that. It's like there's this weird tradition in sports of throwing somebody under the bus after they're already out. And and I've always disliked that. I've just if it's newsworthy, it's newsworthy, then you do it. But if it's if it's just you know, if it's just people saying rude things, ah, the, you know, you hear reports, oh, this person this person wasn't liked by 38% of the front office. And that's why it's like, okay, well that's not newsworthy. Um, and it's just, I don't like this thing that happens in sports. So this person's out. So throw them under the bus. And I find that sort of tone, I find it a turnoff and I find it unnecessary. So I saw that. I wanted to talk about it. I had to get that off my chest. Uh, wait, Ben, what's your Beal thing? Well, I mean, I guess it's simply this, you know, again, for all, I, again, all, I give a lot of credit to Tommy Shepard for the moves that he made. I point out to everybody I know, whether we're talking about this team or any team, we, any team in sports, but when you criticize the general manager, you need to very carefully consider what orders are being sent down from higher up. They don't work. They don't, they, they don't work, uh, you know, everybody has a boss and within that you have parameters of what your job is. And maybe the parameters are do whatever you want, or maybe they are very tight. Don't spend this. Don't do that. Do, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it is when I talk about the idea of like, what, what's the goal with this franchise, you know, making the playoffs or winning a title. And it's pretty clear, you know, the goal is essentially just to get in and then, you know, whatever. This is a good example of that I've said for a long time. I think you generally agree with me that, you know, well, I don't know on this point, like as long as John Wall or Westbrook were on the team, you needed to keep Beal because to trade Beal for a lot of stuff, even if I mean, you know, relative, depending on what the package is to then leave Westbrook or Wall with these kids, I just don't think would have worked for a variety of reasons. Um, and look, I've, I've advocated for keeping Bradley Beal, excellent player, you know, good in the locker room, all, all these kinds of things. He's still ascending, you know, he, he's all NBA this year and all that. But there's a dip. But Bradley Beal is not one of those guys in this league who was going to be the best player on a title team. Um, you know, Kevin Durant almost beat the Bucks without Kyrie and a limited James Harden, you know, because he is that good, right? There's a different, there's that guy you don't trade. 
but the fact that they were able to get rid of Westbrook and do it in a positive way, not taking on any bad money, not having to give up more picks, they actually got one back, is the then perfect opportunity to look yourself in the mirror and say, what are we doing? Are we going for a title or do we, I mean, it, or do we want to, you know, if you want to go for the title and either, you know, if that's in the brain, then you actually go, the, go then you actually trade Bradley Beal. Because the reality is that uh, unless, uh, again, uh, I mean, if you tell me Rui or Danny or somebody has some big leap, okay, but I mean, I'm not seeing that. So if that's not the case, the wizard ceiling is sort of the sixth seed, but you, and you're stuck in that middle spot. But if you trade Bradley Beal, forget the Dinwiddie part of this. If you trade Bradley Beal after the Lakers trade, the, the Westbrook trade, you get back a lot of stuff. Now you're now you're actually in a much better position for the long haul to, in, a, in an attempt to possibly win a title. You're you're you have you, you know flexibility, more picks. I don't you know. I mean, I don't want to pick say the Golden State. You know, Wiseman in the seven and the fourteen or whatever, because that's what we all said. But whatever, whatever thing you want to say, that now you're going down, and this is how you then come back up and potentially go all the way up. In this sport, you have to be either a ridiculously attractive uh, place that players want to go, L.A., Miami, or you have to kind of go through this lottery hell, get these picks, and go from there. The most success this place had in you know the last twenty years was having. The first pick with Wall, the third pick with Beal, the third pick with Otto Porter, and that helped them get them to within one game of the Eastern Conference Finals and blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, you see this more often than not, but they didn't do that. And I'm just – I'm not saying I'm stunned that they didn't do that because I didn't really think that they would. I'm just saying I didn't think they could be able to – I didn't think they'd be able to trade Westbrook and get the package they did unless it meant they were going to trade Beal, you know, initially. And I guess I just like – Shouldn't they have? I mean, I want to know how how much did they actually consider trading Beal? I'm guessing they didn't because of the reasons I've st- stated here and before. And I think that's again, I'm not ad- I'm not advocating be- trading Beal like you have to get rid of him because he stinks. It's the opposite. He's really good, but only to a point. And wh- where where are things going here? They're not competing with the Bucks. They're not competing with the Nets. And you know, and, and it's not just this year. It's seemingly going forward. And I just think they had an opportunity to actually really start over. They didn't just – if you had Westbrook and Wall, you didn't have a chance to start over. When you got rid of all that, you did, and they didn't choose to do it. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Where do you think they are in the East right now? Let's assume – let's say they – for the sake of it, let's say they bring back Neto and they make some – move on the edge of the roster to to get under the tax and this is for the most part this is their team where where are they for you um well i mean uh, you, you i don't have the standings in front of me but you'll see you can correct me here obviously the nets here here you want me box, to you want you know, me to name them well, I mean, well, I'll just go through real quick. The Nets and the Bucks are obviously, you know, we can debate who's better, but they're, they're going to be viewed as the top of the list. The Sixers, you know, I guess but there's still a chance something could happen with Simmons, but they're sort of somewhere in that scenario then after if that. If they trade uh, the Simmons, Hawks it's not a... to get worse. So they're up there. That's three. Right, right. So so the Hawks obviously just made a big run. They, they, they kept John Collins today. It doesn't seem like they're going to be falling off. I don't necessarily love what the Knicks did in free agency and all that, but at the same time, they didn't get worse. And Tom Thibodeau, the way he coaches, I don't think they're going to slide oh, off. Ben, I'm going to cut you off. We've got breaking news. Oh boy! 
courtesy of our colleague Sham Sharania, free agent guard Howell Neto has agreed to a deal to return to the Washington Wizards. Sources tell The Athletic. Now I rescind everything I just said. <laughs> hey, I said with the condition they bring back Neto. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I look, I'm, I'm to- again a totally solid move. They needed, they really didn't. I mean, Aaron Holiday is not really a point guard. They kind of needed to get somebody else, and Neto was totally solid. We talked about it. There were, I mean, on a pound for pound level, he was as good of a player as they had, other than Beal, uh, you know, consistently over the course of last season. So. Uh, you know, and like you said, presumably it's not going to be for much money. So, um, good move. Yeah, I I don't know what the money is going to be, but but yeah, okay. So we've got we've got. You were talking about the Knicks. You think they're better or worse than the Knicks? And and uh, by the way, I mean, the, like ne- a- the Neto move is he had a really good year last year. They loved him. He's he's a reliable defender. I said a million times he was like one of their three most consistent players this year. He was arguably their second most consistent player, not their second best player, but their second most consistent player next to next to Beal. I mean, you just you knew what you were getting out of him. You were getting he was going to make 38 to 40 percent of his threes. He was going to play hard on defense and just kind of be annoying there. And he was going to make the right play. I mean, that's 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 a good move. Expected move. I figured they were going to bring him back. They loved him this year. All right. So Knicks, we got four teams so far. You got Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Hawks. Where are you at with the Knicks? I mean, I think yeah, the Knicks I mean, the Knicks will be better this year. They got Kemba now. Yeah, I mean, my only question is like, is Julius Randle like can, does he have that season in him again? Obviously, he wasn't very good in the playoffs, relatively speaking. But just in general, I think the Knicks they were better than the Wizards this year. And I know the Wizards had some crazy year, but regardless, they were better than the Wizards this year. I don't see why they would definitively be be worse. Um uh, now maybe is where I start needing some of your help. I mean, the Bulls obviously just made a bunch Miami. Of Miami's Ball. up there. Oh right, sorry, Miami. Yes, of course, Miami. I mean, just they're Miami, and then they add Kyle Lowry. Yeah, to, so I don't to that group. So yeah, I didn't like the Knicks off season. Like I, I, I didn't like the Noel contract. Yeah, uh, I wasn't in love with the Burks contract. I didn't hate any of them. I just I didn't I didn't love them. Uh, I I wasn't in love with the Burks contract. I wasn't in love with the forty eight contract. Uh, but but you know getting getting Kemba at the price that they got him is is really team friendly even with his injury history. I mean that's a really really low risk, really a high reward signing, and I think ultimately that's going to keep them where they were last year. Maybe maybe they'll be a little better. I mean that 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 wouldn't be shocking. Kemba if Kemba's healthy, I mean Kemba was making thirty six million dollars a year. When you're making thirty six million dollars a year at his production, you're not matching your contract. Eight million dollars a year. Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden you 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 really you don't. I mean, he has to be just a fraction of himself to match that contract. Uh, Miami obviously got a lot better. They got Kyle Lowry and they they went forty and thirty two last year, and then they they brought in Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker and they re-signed Duncan Robinson. Uh, how about Boston? Well, I mean, so Boston's interesting, right? I mean, Brad Stevens is not the coach now, so you know that was always a big factor for me. When I would view them, and I'm not discounting the new coach. I, you know, he's just a first-time coach. Brad Stevens is running the the GM or running the front office. Uh, you know, look, they still have Tatum, they still have Brown. Um, I think it, it kind of feels like there's going to be, you know, the, the, what else are they doing? But I mean, I, I, I would, I would say they're ahead of the Wizards, but at the same time, I a little more variable there at this point than than, than before. So kind of 
little a little more up in the air, but I'd probably say ahead of the Wizards. Okay, me too. You know where we are now. I mean, that's seventeen. We are at right? the Wizards' sweet, sweet, comfy living room home. home living room home. We are, we are at the eight seed. Right, and, and then you have Indiana, right? Indiana and the Wizards had the same record last year, but the Indiana, and again, I know the Wizards had a lot going on, but the Pacers had, you know, T.J. Warren was out, uh, Miles Turner was out. Um, you know, I, I don't, I mean, uh, I've lost track to be honest of what exactly they've been doing here, but like, I, I suspect that, I mean, I guess that we'll see where they're with what Malcolm Brogdon's health is, but um, you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know the Pacers are definitely better than the Wizards, but like, it's not inconceivable that they're better than the wizards yeah the bulls brought in lonzo ball they brought in demar derozan a lot of people despise the derozan fit i don't despise the derozan fit i kind of think it makes sense i think they're going to be a disaster defensively uh they brought in alex caruso that will help with the defense ball is a good defender he'll help with the defense too uh but having derozan and levine and Vucevic on the floor together is not going to be great, but you get development from Patrick Williams, who had a really good rookie year, showed a lot of promise. I Chicago, I mean, Chicago's going to be right in that mix We're ta- when we're talking play-in tournament. Uh, and, you know, Toronto so, could be in the mix. I, I, I guess they're probably not going to keep Dragic, so I'll, I'll drop them a little lower. Uh, you know, Charlotte, right. and, and, what if what if LaMelo shows up and is an all-star? Right, right. So, I mean, to, without getting into, I mean, your show that we can do whatever we want but like at this point already if we're saying there are seven teams ahead of them and they're in the mix with indiana charlotte chicago and who's to say any or all of those teams aren't better than the wizards this is my point what are we doing what's the point again i was advocating keeping beal in the previous scenarios but i i don't know what what what's the what's the upside here again if Hachimura or somebody has some big leap, well, then that's that's the good stuff. Maybe Kuzma getting away from that, from the Lakers situation where obviously LeBron is LeBron and there's a lot that goes on with that for better or for worse. Maybe this is a deal where Kuzma flourishes and looks like the guy when he came into the league that people thought, oh, boy, this is really exciting. I'm not discounting that. But everybody has some of these scenarios. That's what we're talking I mean, you're right. I mean, the I mean, the Bulls could have suddenly Zach Levine could go up a notch now that DeRozan is there to take some pressure off of him. And, um, you know, I mean, Miami, we just talked about added Kyle Lowry and, you know, Jason Tatum keeps getting better. So, like, I don't know where I mean, I don't know. I guess this is going to be my new thing on some level. Hopefully I'll stop. Uh, you know, uh, I won't be bore everybody with it all the time. But like. I think that's like on some level. Once the dust is settled and we can we can praise the Wizards and they're interesting and all that, I guess I don't know why Bradley Beal is still on this team. If the goal is to really win a title, I I guess I don't know why he's still here. Well, look, if you want to keep him, you gotta you can't just fall off completely. You gotta remain compet like like you you gotta. And when I say remain competitive, I mean like your intention has to be good. You can't completely fall off and. I mean, I'm fine with if you want to trade Beal for really good stuff, then you do that. But those days are behind you now. I mean, now you're committed to to holding on. Yeah, sure. It's past the draft. So it's past the other stuff. You're you're committed to holding on to him. Uh, and so, well, let me ask you this because I I don't ever put you on the spot, and you're you know you're not that kind of guy. But we'll see what I can do here, people. The people want to know. At the moment, you know you're trading Westbrook. Would you have? Tra- I mean, again, I know we don't know the deal, 
would you have at that point aggressively looked to trade Bradley Beal, or would you are you better are you fine with him staying? Yeah, I would or have. You want to tell I would have aggressively looked to trade him. Yeah, for this exact yeah, reason, because so. it's just kind of what are you doing? You're fighting for the play-in tournament again. So yeah, I mean, right. look for all the stuff of that we talked about of good return on the Westbrook deal, and it was. And now the return is. Dinwiddie on a three-year deal, it's Kuzma, it's Harrell, it's KCP, it's Isaiah Todd, or the rights to Isaiah Todd. It's, you know, a bunch, you give up Westbrook, you give up a bunch of second-round picks, you give up Chandler Hutchison, you know, whatever. Uh, I, As much as we talk about, that's a good return. And it is from a value standpoint. And it is from a flexibility standpoint. And it is from a future of your team you know, roster construction standpoint. Russell Westbrook won you a lot of games last year. I mean, <laughs> he, he after yeah. a really bad first two months of the season, had a really good last couple of months of the season. And you're losing one of the better point guards in the league. I mean, that's just, that's part of this too. And when you lose one of the better point guards in the league, it's it's really hard to, and it's really hard to maintain. It's really, it's really hard to maintain where you were the year before, and where you were the year before was 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 not all that high to begin with. It was thirty four and thirty eight in the eight seed, and losing in five games in round one. So when Westbrook goes, I, I think that's a natural turn, uh, but that's not the position that they're in. They want to keep Beal, and I don't know if that's wrong or right. Uh, I think they've they've done a clever job building a team around what Beal would be and and they're just crossing their fingers and hoping that he stays. I think getting that fifth year is very important to Beal, which he could sign in free agency in 2022 and only the Wizards can offer that fifth year. And and by the way, a big thing for Beal is next year's salary cap was supposed to be 115 million, now it's supposed to be 119 million. Which means that his max which was projected at 5 years 235 million that was the contract the Wizards could offer him under the old projected max. Now, if he becomes a free agent, when he becomes a free agent in 2022, the Wizards can offer him five years, $241 million. $55 million player option on the fifth year. If they give him, you know, all the all the bells and whistles that you would get in the max, you know, max franchise player contract. If they give him the player option. That last year, $55 million. So, I think he wants that. You know, if he signs with another team... They could offer him like four years, one hundred and seventy something. That's yeah, or maybe four years, oh, one hundred and eighty something. I haven't done all that math. Uh, and 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 like, let me be clear. Like, I I you know, I mean, look, the last year and change, we talked about this in the podcast, and everybody's running around saying Beal definitely wants out of here and all that. And I'm like, I don't know why people keep saying that. He's never said that. And like, just because other athletes say they want to run away when their team starts to get bad, doesn't mean they all do. Paul Pierce stuck around in Boston and obviously, you know, whatever the circumstances may be a little bit different, but eventually they got Garnett now and, and, you know, ended up winning a title and Paul Pierce's legend went up a notch. And maybe, maybe look, maybe there's a world where that happens here with the wizards, not saying it's completely impossible, but it's highly unlikely based on everything we know about the NBA and the current circumstances. So if he wants to stay and all that cool, obviously the money is going to make potentially not winning a title. If it, if it plays out that way a little bit easier, I would think. Um, so, you know, there's all, there's all that stuff. 
And, you know, and and uh, look, if, if the wizard, you know, Ted Leontis famously said a few years ago, we will never tank. And if you trade Bradley Beal, you are effectively are going down. The, the problem is the tank word is so toxic. Again, you didn't get Wall and Beal and Otto and Vesley, at least the picks to get those guys by not. I mean, they, they lost a lot of games. You don't want to call it tanking. You don't want to put a label on it the way the Sixers did because they were into the marketing aspect of this. Fine. But it's still the same thing. This is how this works right the phoenix suns just got back they, they were in a position to get chris paul because they were bad enough to get guys like deandre ayton and they did some other good things and that's how it goes so um you know whatever it is what it is i mean look, i hope it works out for everybody involved god bless everybody and by the way i will just say this when i said before about tommy shepherd doing a really good job this is part of what i'm saying i don't know what he wanted to do we'll see i maybe we'll never know I don't know if he wanted to trade Bradley Beal or not. I mean, he loves Bradley Beal. He was he was here when they brought him in. I'm sure all that stuff. But at the same time, based on everything else Tommy Shepard does, he seems to understand how this world works. And I I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wanted to keep him. And again, I, I advocate for Bradley Beal as a player I want on my team who's going to help me win games. I just don't know what the upside here is. And, um, you know. Look, uh, look. Uh, well, what am I complaining about? They got Usof Sanan back on the summer league team. I mean, I, 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 I we're good. I, I don't. I, I, I should stop my fetching. We're, we're that good. is the perfect place to wrap. Uh, ben, you got anything? I mean, you're down at training camp for the football team right now. You got anything to plug before we finish up? Uh, you know, I mean, just if you're into the football team, I've basically been writing almost every day at training camp, so you can go check that over on the Athletic. Uh, uh and. Uh, you know, I've got my own podcast, The Standard Room, only talking a lot about the football team. I'll probably dabble in some Wizards because you haven't heard me talk about that enough here. Uh, and, uh, you know, other than that, you know, that's uh, wh- whoever been controlling the temperature outside these last few days in D.C., God love you. Keep it up. Let's uh, let's keep going with these, like, chill days. Yes, for sure. Let's uh, subscribe to The Athletic. You can read Ben's work. You can read my work. I'm going to have stuff up on Dinwiddie for Thursday morning, no question. Probably super late night tonight. Uh, You can check out my previous work. You can check out my story on kind of all the possibilities from the sign-in trade, which I think is interesting. Now the sign-in trade is complete, honestly, to go back and read just how ridiculously complicated this entire scenario had to be. So go check that out and if you're not a subscriber to the athletic you can subscribe to the athletic if you just go we're doing a deal right now i believe it will be still on by the time this podcast posts 50 percent off on an annual subscription if you just go to the athletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up there 50 percent off like i said on an annual subscription to the athletic i hope that that deal is still running by the time this posts it's 50 percent off on an annual subscription just at the athletic.com slash wizards after dark and that gets you everything not just wizard star stuff but but everything that you could possibly need uh subscribe to wizards after dark tell your friends about wizards after dark go give wizards after dark five stars uh leave a review of wizards after dark the written reviews of the the podcast are always super helpful uh this was the impact move this was the emergency podcast of the week i guess it's possible if something crazy happens i'll be podcasting again later this week but chances are i'll be back next week with a new episode i'll talk to you guys then